Welcome back to the Red Letter Disciple. My name is Zach Zender, host of the Red Letter Disciple, and this is Chris Johnson, who's going to go get off camera, grab a mic, and join me here in a couple of minutes. That's right, Chris. Get off. Thank you, sir. Hey, we're excited that you're here with us today, and we've got a great show. Our, our podcast, our goal in this, our mission in this podcast is to challenge you and inspire you to grow as a disciple wherever you are. And, and, and so if all of us could do this, if some of us could do this, man, the world would change as we would give a, a more complete picture and representation of who Jesus is. So that's our hope. And I believe today's guest, Tony Morgan, is going to help us get there. If you've ever felt stuck in your faith, I know I have. I've had ups and down seasons. I know as a church leader, pastor, I've had ups and down seasons of the church. And like, if you want to get unstuck, like Tony's the guy, he formed the unstuck group. And so we're going to talk to him about that. And every every quarter, his team puts a report together that analyzes the latest data and trends in discipleship and with churches. And so we're going to talk about that and what's encouraging, discouraging, and what all of it means for us living in this crazy, crazy world that we live in. So thanks, Tony, for being a part of the show. Also, we can't do this episode without our partners and our sponsor today. We're thanking Kerry Newhoff and his team at the Art of Leadership Academy, who have created a free mastermind. That, that is going to help you amplify your reach and your impact online. This online influence mastermind is gonna do these things for you. Listen to this. It's gonna help you identify your dream audience. It's gonna help you learn how to get them to notice you and connect with you and figure out which platforms are worth your time and maybe which ones aren't quite worth the effort. I've been through Carrie's influence mastermind, online influence mastermind, and it, it taught me some really amazing things that have shaped my business and my company. Because I'm probably like you, if you're a content creator and you're like, oh man, I feel like we're creating a lot of content and I like the content we're creating, but how do I get it out there? What's the strategy? It's one thing to create it. It's another thing to get it out there. And that's what this course is going to help you do. So when you can maximize using and creating the great content with a really great strategy behind it, that's beautiful because the things we do, the, the things we lead and the influence we're trying to have is all for Christ and his glory. And so when we can use our own unique expressions and bring more people to Christ through it, all glory to God. So check it out. It's going to be at, here's where you register. It's for free. Remember I said it's for free, but here's where you register. Influencekickstarter.com. Again, it's influencekickstarter.com. It's free. And it's going to be awesome. And it's going to help you a lot. So thank you, Carrie, and the team at Art of Leadership Academy for putting that on. But here we go. Episode 18 with Tony Morgan. Let's do this. All right, Chris. Well, today we got an awesome episode with Tony Morgan. Tony is the founder and lead strategist of the Unstuck Group. He is the chief unstuck strategist, which I think is a really cool I think that title. would be chief on sticker. <laughs> there you go. But hey, Tony's got a real heart for the church, and he started this Unstuck group in 2009 that's helped more than 500 churches get unstuck and move towards sustainability and growth. And he's served in ministry as a pastor and now gets to coach, consult, and help so, so many. So Tony, welcome to the show. It's good to be with you guys. I'm looking forward to the conversation today. That's awesome. Hey, so I just want to kind of know, like, where does the word unstuck come from? And like, why is what you're doing now? And we'll get into more of it. But why is it why is it personal for you? Yeah, well, primarily, it's funny, before 
I guess, before ministry or before the Unstuck Group, I didn't intend to start the Unstuck Group. I intended just to help churches. And for the first couple of years, pastors would reach out to me and they would describe kind of the situation that they were in and why they were they were reaching out. And honestly, in almost every single conversation, they would say, and I just feel stuck or the church feels stuck. And I just thought, well, I'm not a brilliant marketer, <laughs> but this seems like it's pretty easy to yeah. figure out the branding that we need to use to help maybe pastors understand what we do. We just help pastors. We help churches get unstuck. And so that's the genesis of it. I wish I, I wish, you know, I could do this for other organizations because I, maybe I could make money as a marketer and, uh, and helping, uh, with branding and things like that. But Honestly, it was just a just a response to the conversations yep. that I was having with pastors and church leaders a number of years ago. Tony, I was just wondering, like out of out of all those conversations, is there a common theme that you find people, uh, church leaders, getting stuck with? Yeah, no, not really, to okay. be honest. It, I mean, there are all kinds of challenges that I hear. I mean, uh, certainly in this current season, mm. um, the stuckness maybe looks like uh, we we're not seeing as many people coming back to church as yeah. we thought might. Um, the way we're trying to reach new people feels like it needs to change. The challenges that people are facing in their lives some of them are the same, but seem seems to be a little bit different. How we how we help believers take their next steps towards Christ may look a little bit different. A lot of churches um, are still asking questions, as an example, about how do we do in-person gatherings and continue to do that, but then leverage the tools that are available to us online. Uh, it just looks different from to to different churches, and I would say actually for the first time in this season, it's the first time that we're starting to hear from churches too that financially um, they are not sustaining the way they used to um, in previous years, and even through the beginning of the pandemic, and now um, they're starting to see giving plateau or decline, and as a result of that, honestly, sometimes finances are the initial kind of. Uh, uh, reason why they're reaching out to us, but whatever the case, um, it's it's an opportunity with every church we serve, either to help them orchestrate a turnaround in their ministry. Honestly, a lot of churches reach out to us not because they're not healthy; it's they're healthy churches. They're just stuck around what their next steps are going to look like, yeah. and that's where we can come in as well. That's good. I want to get into the unstuck report in just a minute, but I'd love to hear like your like growing up as a as a kid was it like you're just really good at getting out of sticky situations. Um, <laughs> how, did, how did you get like into the church um, and, and into ministry? Because you were a pastor right before leading unstuck right. groups. So yeah, what, what yeah. about your life or what what moved you into the the ministry field? Yeah, well, I. I think part of this is just God's wiring that he put into me. I mean, there's definitely an analytical, strategic, futuristic thing that's in in me. And as a result of that, it's been interesting, even before ministry, I tended to gravitate more towards the challenges, the problems yeah. in organizations, rather than going into a situation where I was following a leader that was successful and it was a healthy organization. I've always kind of liked the turnarounds or trying to figure out how do we engage kind of a new approach to whatever it is. And certainly that wiring, again, I think 
God put that into me, just like he gives all of us a unique gifting and wiring. Um, for me, that's what it was. And as a result of that, um, as I've engaged in ministry, that's where I've tended to gravitate as well as just helping churches move their mission forward. And the great thing is for me and for our team, that looks a little bit different uh, with every church that we serve on almost a daily basis now. That's cool. And I think that's why a kindred spirit, because yeah, in my strength finders, I got the futuristic, the strategic, and I love data. This is why I love (laughs) what you do at Unstuck. So so the Unstuck report for quarter two of 22 uh, just came out. And so Tony, for those like who don't know, like explain what the Unstuck report is. And and then after explaining, I want to ask you like from your perspective, because you you see these things, you do them every quarter. Um, so yeah. is there anything positive or negative that like jumped off the page to you in, in this uh, last report? Yeah, give us the good news first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let me uh, first of all explain. So we collect all this data from the churches that we're working with. And actually this quarter really tried to open it up more broadly too, so that we could get a clearer picture of what was happening in more churches of all different shapes and sizes, mm-hmm. by the way. And so um, this, uh, the data that I just looked at yesterday, which will feed our third quarter report, which I can preview in a moment as well. Um, That is coming from, I think it was, I want to say three or 400 churches and um, multiple different countries, uh, a lot of churches, uh, even a hundred and smaller and churches well into the thousands. And so it's a great picture, I think, of even I mean, currently, because a lot of this just is information that came in with the, in the last four or five weeks, mm. a very clear picture of where the church is today. And our intent was, I just, I want, what I kept on hearing from pastors either directly or indirectly was, we think we're winning in this area of our ministry, but we're not sure because we're not sure what other churches are experiencing or the reverse. We, we think we're stuck in this area. And in some in some ways, they needed kind of that information from other churches to either confirm their stuckness or for me and our team to help explain to them, you, you may be feeling that, but in reality, you're actually winning when it comes to, let's say, volunteer engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why you feel like you need more volunteers isn't because you don't have a lot of people willing to serve. It's because maybe you're trying to do too much. And so that's the great thing when you start to look at data at individual churches that we're serving and then compare it to churches across the board. It really helps us then as consultants, as coaches, to really get specific about how we can help each individual church take their next steps forward. And so that was the genesis of the Unstuck Church Report. It's just a way for us to share with churches what we're saying is kind of kind of the benchmarks of what's happening yeah. and not just in attendance and giving, but all of these other areas that really reflect the overall health of a ministry. So yeah, you were referencing the report from the second quarter, but just yesterday I was diving into the data uh, that we will feed our third quarter report, which will come out in the next couple of weeks. And so I kind of have some fresh insights. I don't know 
you want to hear me just yeah, let's share go. a little bit. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So here, here's the good news. And, and you good. asked about the good news. So I want to give you the good news first. Uh, the good news is here we are now, finally, a few years. Uh, we're, we're into year three, I guess, of what the pandemic and the shutdown we experienced in 2020 certainly dramatically impacted churches around the world. Uh, but now, finally, what we're seeing in the data from recent weeks is churches are growing again. Um, cool. Now, I will say um, what's interesting to me is the momentum seems to be stronger the larger the church is. And mm. so the larger the church, the more growth that they're experiencing right now, um, not only in attendance, but also financially, too. Um, and so uh, as I was diving in the data, yeah, what the do you church... Think Oops, sorry. Um, I was just curious. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Why is it? Uh, are we seeing it in the the bigger churches, but not the smaller? Well, and, and it's not that the smaller churches aren't experiencing growth right now. Uh, if you were to look at kind of the averages across the board, certainly it's happening there too. Okay. It's just the moment the, the momentum seems to be stronger the larger a church gets. Right. Um, and honestly, too, the churches that are most being impacted financially right now seem to be the smaller churches. Mm -hmm. um, the, the other trend though that I'm saying is a lot of our metrics before, before COVID were kind of related to what's the attendance at the church, physical mm -hmm. attendance, and then how, how does that get reflected in all the other areas of ministry? not only giving, but group connections and serving and staffing and on down the line. And what's interesting is, um, you know, churches have kind of questioned us um, why we're still using attendance as the denominator, if you will, on all of these benchmarks. And the crazy thing is, it's still it's still accurate as far as what we're seeing across other churches, and the benchmarks are starting to settle in around serving and groups and so on, um, like they were before the pandemic. In right. other words, the attendance still seems to be a good barometer for overall engagement in a lot of other areas of of the church's ministry, or. The other way to look at that is I think there's an assumption still that we still have a lot of people engaging our services online, and they are also engaging in other aspects of our ministry, but the data seems to indicate that's not true. Not only is on get online engagement coming down, but engagement and groups and serving and all the other connections of a church's ministry seem to be a closer reflection to in-person physical attendance than any adjustment that churches may or may not be experiencing online. Does that make sense? Yeah. So to talk to me about why do you, so that's the data. Why, yeah. why do you think it's pointing that way or what can we discern from that? Well, um, it related to the distinction between in-person and online, I think it boils down to a key decision that churches are going to have to make going forward. And it's this, when, our, when we look at our online strategy, are we looking at this as a front door to engage, especially new people and connect them to the church and to the faith? And if so, the win isn't ongoing engagement online in groups and classes and serving online and things like that. The win in that case is for them to actually show up at some point in the future and connect with people in person. 
that's that's one side of the equation. There are going to be churches, but I don't think it's as many as maybe we might have thought in the early stages of the pandemic. There are going to be some churches that make the decision, no, actually online, it, we're going to look at this as if it's another location of the church. It's just meeting virtually. And in that instance, the, the opportunity and the challenge, if you will, is we have to figure out not just how to provide services online, because almost every church does that. Yeah. The question is going to be, how are we going to encourage every other next step? that yeah. churches need to make or that people need to make in their faith journey. And at least the early indication right now, people may still be viewing a portion of your services online, but all those next steps that you're hoping people will take, it doesn't appear that that's happening across the board with their online engagement. And so it just, it speaks to a key ministry yeah. strategy decision. I think that each church is going to have to make and by the way, I don't know that there's a wrong answer to sure. that. However, you have to decide what is our win, and then you need to make sure that your strategy and the engagement that you're hoping for, the next steps that you're encouraging aligns with that decision. Yeah, that's a really good point because, and so I'm, I'm a pastor at Holy Cross in Lake Mary. It's a suburb of Orlando, and we've had a year of discussion, and it's kind of revolved around uh, you know, people watch us on YouTube and Facebook and they engage, but a lot of people who were actively involved before the pandemic now, uh, I've joked around that they eat brunch and watch us on YouTube. And, and so the question that I've been forced to ask is, can you legitimately successfully create a disciple, um, online? And, and that is, such a puzzling question because you can do Bible studies online. You can do these things online. But, you know, by that point, it almost felt like at the beginning of the pandemic, we became television producers, you know, where we're like, OK, let's do this podcast. Let's do this Bible study. And it felt more like we were, you know, programming a TV show than we were doing church. And yeah. I'm just wondering how effective that was. And to answer that question, we had a lot of people that would go online and watch and then occasionally come to church. But I just, I'm, I'm puzzled if you can make a disciple online. Yeah. That's going to be a question I think we're all going to have to wrestle with. But just to follow up with what you shared about your experience, I think a lot of churches are kind of wrestling with that right now. Is online really going to be kind of like the way that we not only engage people in our content, which is primarily being uh, delivered because of our Sunday worship experiences, but the two key questions after that then are, number one, are we willing to invest in creating the environments that will allow for every other next step that we expect people at our church to take in order to encourage them to experience spiritual formation and to shape their faith. That's the first thing. And then the second thing related to folks that are engaging with us online, are we actually going to be their church in the moment of crisis? Mm -hmm. Because every person, every one of us is going to experience crisis in our lives at some point. And the question is, when that crisis comes along and the only engagement a person has with us online is online, 
are we still going to be the church for that person in that moment? And that's, I think, the key thing that churches are going to have to wrestle with. And again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this, is if you view online is no, it's everything that we are as a church to help people move from where they are to want where God wants them to be ultimately, then we have to provide spiritual steps for them online, and we need to be able to be their church in a moment of crisis. And otherwise, I think it's wholly appropriate for a church to look at, no, this is just our front door, and we do hope more and more people engage with our content, that they watch our services online. But ultimately, for a lot of churches, I think they're going to look at the win as we need to get them in church, meeting people face-to-face to be able to not only help them take steps of faith, but also then to be able to minister to them as a body of Christ in those moments of crisis. That is exactly where I'm stuck. (laughs) (laughs) And and what I think I heard there, which I've heard, how I would paraphrase it at least, is there... I think we've seen like online church, it's effective, it can do things, but it is different mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> than the in-person. And so I think the question that you're bringing up then for pastors, church leaders, those who are on staff is, is all the online experience a front door or another door? Mm-hmm. And yeah. if it's a front door, in my mind, that seems like a simpler approach um, to let's get them back into church. If it's, if it's another door, that seems like a more complex approach and an approach that fewer churches will take um, but it is possible and, and, and who's doing it well and how do we do that? And that's, I think, a really tough question to, <laughs> yeah. to get so to. So let me just give you a specific example. One of the churches that we were working with, big church um, out, out in California, and they have all the tools to provide great online experiences and environments. But they made the decision as we were working with them, rather than trying to be the church for everybody that's engaging our content online, whether that's in our region in California or someplace else around the country or around the world, uh, we will gladly let provide content to them, but we can't be their church. And so the decision they made is instead to look at their online strategy as a way to connect with people in their region and then get them to one of their physical locations or connect them with a group or connect them in some other avenue where they could be face-to-face doing life with people at in, in one of their locations. And so this is, again, I just think it's a decision that every church is going to have to wrestle with. Um, but it's key because if we decide the other, mm-hmm. uh, like this church in California, that really online is a way to make initial engagement, but the real win is then to get them to connect with us in person, then that's going to shape our online strategy as well. And our online strategy yeah. may need to look a little bit different in, in order to encourage those next steps towards actually showing up on a Sunday or in whatever, whatever other ministry environment the church might be offering. You know, I, real quick to jump in here, I we were just starting, we had like an average um, production and then we invested some money during COVID because we were doing empty sanctuary, you know, uh, productions sure. basically. One Easter we had, to, it was the most... It was the most like depressing Easter <laughs> because, you know, usually there's a thousand people and me and the other pastor are speaking into a camera at the, you know, the sunrise service. I'm like, gosh, this stinks. I hope we don't do this another time. But anyway, one of the byproducts of that is that uh, we had some new um, people move into 
to town in Orlando. Sure. And one of the ladies, she had COPD and she couldn't leave her house during the pandemic. And she started engaging with mm. us and she would send us emails and texts. And, and it was really cool because she legitimately considered herself mm -hmm. a part of our congregation. I've never seen her face. And, <laughs> and, and she's like, you're my pastor. And when something went down, just like you said, a tragedy, she reached out to us and called us. And so those are yeah. the stories that kind of, those are few and far between, but those are some of the stories that make me think, okay, we can't completely pull sure. the plug on this digital stuff, you know, even. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. I would not encourage any church to do that. I mean, the culture is living online and on their mobile devices. And uh, for us to not be engaged online, I don't think would be a true reflection sure. of the mission that we're called to carry out in today's culture with the people that are living life today. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Tony, anything else from uh, the quarter three report that's not quite out that you're seeing encouraging or discouraging? Maybe something I, just want to leave this career. <laughs> I, I I thought I gave a good tease for the report. Well, okay, 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 okay. And because yeah. uh, I want people to actually download it and yeah, actually engage fair. with that's it. That's fair. That's <laughs> really good. I love it. And it was great. Uh, just trying to get, uh, I was trying to get more. But yeah. anyway, no, that's great, Tony. Um, so how about this? Because I, I, I was most familiar with the quarter two report. And I'm just curious, kind of curious, like, do you think, can we officially say, and do you think every pastor agrees now that there's not going to be like some rush of people getting back to church post COVID, like the dust is settled, right? And, and we are wherever we're at, like, this is the new normal. Is that kind of widely considered by all pastors now, or are there still some that think, ah, there's going to be a big rush. Um, but here we are, I think post COVID enough, like, right, the dust is settled and we are where we are. And this is the new norm. Is everybody kind of in agreement with that? Or do you think there's still some people holding on? Yeah, uh, well, I, I think there's still people holding on, but this is the new normal. I mean, this is it. Um, and I think that's a good thing that uh, a lot of pastors and church leaders are starting to recognize this. And the reason why is now I'm seeing a lot more motivation to actually engage uh, almost like a church planter would like okay this is a fresh start for us and we're we can't just assume now at this point now that we're into year three of this that everybody's going to eventually come back because they're not at this point if it's been and in, in, we're into year three and they're not back they're not coming back um, and so this is a good thing. And I do, I see church, uh, church leaders, pastors, they're starting to, they're starting to talk and act a little yeah. bit like church planters. And there's a hunger in church planters because they're not only engaging with the people that are showing up on Sunday and helping those people take their next steps towards Christ as a church planter, you're also always trying to engage with people that are currently outside the church and many times outside the faith. And so we're, I, I think this is a good thing for churches too, that we're starting to see both the commitment to spiritual formation that has to be there for a church yeah. to be healthy and for people's lives to be transformed. But at the same token, uh, by the same token, we're seeing churches that are getting much more intentional now, again, 
about their reach strategies and healthy churches need both. They need yeah. both a reach strategy and a spiritual formation strategy. And they're actually very integrated. They go hand in hand. I don't know how you can do spiritual formation if you're not encouraging people to live out their mission in their neighborhoods, in their workplaces, in their daily lives, to engage people and to help point them to Jesus. I think, you know, a reach strategy should be a part of the life of every person who calls himself a Christ follower. Um, but if, by the same token, we for years saw many churches kind of only focused on one side of that equation. Either yeah. they were all about the evangelism, the reach, the kind of the the seeker model, if you will, or they were only about the spiritual formation, the discipleship and going deeper and all of that. And the reality is healthy churches have known this for a long time. We need to be as committed to both sides of that equation in order for our church to continue to have an impact in our community and in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a good thing that we are starting to recognize this is our new normal now. And I like that, the, the reach and the spiritual formation. We need them both, every church does. And, and so I'm curious, because this is Red Letter Disciples, so we want to help grow people and challenge disciples wherever they are. And, and that, to me, is that spiritual formation side you were just hitting on. So I'm curious, like, are there any discipleship practice or, practices or spiritual formation practices that thriving churches, those churches that are not stuck, um, that you see regularly that stuck churches just aren't implementing? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a great question. And I think the key difference that I see is if you think about spiritual formation and the different components of that, typically that you would see in a church, certainly gathering for biblical teaching and worship is a is a key piece of that. Certainly engaging in relational connection uh, around, around Bible study, around scripture, around just conversations about faith and life, certainly that's a key component of it. Um, uh, identifying our spiritual giftedness yeah. and actually serving other people. That's certainly a component of spiritual formation. But it's interesting, one of the distinctions that we do see, and I alluded to this a moment ago, in healthy churches compared to stuck churches when it comes to spiritual formation, is kind of encouraging and equipping people to actually being on mission in their lives. In other words, to actually be trying to reach other people to share the good news. And what we're seeing is the churches that get very intentional about not ending their spiritual formation strategy at groups and mm -hmm. serving and going on a mission trip, but rather kind of the culmination, the win at the end of that path is to encourage people to actually be on mission in their daily lives and yeah. to be practicing some sort of reach strategy in their personal lives with their friends, their coworkers, the, the, the team, the teammates at the ball field, whatever that would look like. Um, this, this is the opportunity that I think we have that is really unique about this time in our culture too, because I blame social media for this. I mean, we have more relational connections yeah. than we've ever had, but we don't know how to do relationship yeah. anymore. Yeah. And 
a key part of being able to share the good news with other people is that we've developed a relationship with them. And so I actually think this needs to be more intentional uh, in our spiritual formations strategies as church. We, churches, we need to help people learn again how to develop relationships with other people. And we need to help people just understand the influence that they can have um, in someone else's life by praying for them, by actually engaging conversation with them and being more of a question asker rather than a truth teller, um, by just spending intentional time with people, um, by being prepared to serve somebody and to actually, you know, not wait for the church to organize serving other people, but actually to be in people's lives and being sensitive to the needs of the people that God has in our lives and serving them. And then being prepared to share our stories of how God has transformed our lives. And it's, it's really, I mean, this is, it sounds common, like common sense. And like, this is like Christianity 101, but I actually think this is a key part of what we need to be doing now to encourage people to take their next steps towards Christ, to be rather than coming to the church and consuming biblical content and um, being kind of getting more knowledge of, about what it is to follow Jesus. We need to help people actually follow Jesus and actually be on mission with Jesus to accomplish what God has for our lives as well. And the churches that are healthiest when it comes to spiritual formation, that that is the win for them as to actually have people living life on mission. So one of the things I heard you say in that piece was that uh, as a uh, human beings right now, it, we almost have more loose relationships and yeah. fewer authentic relationships where we can speak truth and love into people. That's because very true. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the truth speaking, it's not just, it's not just around doctrine. Um, right. It's around how, how does God's word influence the daily decisions that we're making about life, about marriage, about parenting, about my uh, leadership influence, about how I'm engaging in the workplace and um, the uh, challenges that I'm experiencing in my emotional and mental health and dealing with the crises that we see around us on a daily basis right. in our society society. Um, there's obviously there's so much that God offers us uh, through a relationship with Jesus. And we just need to be better, I think, about developing the relationships where we can share that level of conversation with people and just be yeah. encouragers and um, be able to provide, especially for those of us that have lived life a little bit longer and are a bit further along in our spiritual journey. I just think people are, they're looking for answers. They're looking for help right now. Uh, many people looking for healing too. And the great news is we, we have something that can heal all of the needs yeah. that people have in their lives. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a back to the, I'm a simple guy back to the basics. And so, you know, if we want churches to grow, which we all want that because then we know that they're hearing the gospel and they're falling in love with Jesus and they're taking next steps. Like it's about getting in relationship for churches. It's about training our people to talk, to invite, to share their story. Uh, I, I love uh, our mutual friend, Rich Birch, you know, talks about the number one key to church growth is invitability. It's not that hard. <laughs> like, to think not. At least it's not hard. And, and so, how, and, and especially the more conversations I'm having, 
you know, and I think I, I've seen this uh, maybe more post-COVID than pre-COVID. After this sort of reset, it, it feels like there's more parents that have jumped back into um, idolizing their kids' sports and choosing particular things over faith. And and while there needs to be some truth telling in that, there also needs to be some opportunities for churches to coach and teach. Like, how do we actually train them to be missionaries in that if they're already going to be doing that like how do we and so i love that it's it's not rocket science it it makes sense it's not Um, i want to ask yeah because you you obviously help a lot of churches get unstuck Uh, when it comes to an individual um, do you think that they're experiencing sort of the same same things just on an individual level that a church might feel or like if a if a disciple feels stuck in their faith like what what would you recommend or, or how would you coach them yeah, so I'm probably not the expert uh, when it comes to individuals, but I will say this: I think where there's some are, where there are some parallels is I've often noticed in my own life that sometimes it's actually when God interrupts in a way, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's in a healthy way where there's a new opportunity. Uh, sometimes that's more of a, a challenging experience that I'm going through, but where there's an interruption, it's interesting. It causes me to lean a little bit. Uh, deeper um, into prayer, into God's word, into the wisdom and counsel of others. And that then encourages me to figure out what's, what does my next step look like as a Jesus follower? Um, And so in that respect, I think there's a parallel from the stuckness that we see in ministries. Oftentimes until there's some interruption, we don't hear from churches, but when the interruption occurs, I think pastors and church leaders, they lean in a little bit more and they're more open, not only to God's direction, but wisdom and counsel from others. And that's probably a good thing on both sides, both for churches and our ministries corporately, but also for all of us that call ourselves Christ followers. What's what's the right healthy next step for us to be taking towards Jesus as well? Yeah. So in the interruptions that they happen to all of us, whether it's individually or corporately, but what is God, what is God sharing or showing in this season? That would be a good next step. I love that. So not only do you guys do the quarterly unstuck reports, which are always going to uncover some really great data, um, but you, yeah, you love helping churches get unstuck. And so you you guys have a free online assessment and um, to let churches know like where they are. Um, So talk to us a little bit about that assessment, like what a church needs to do if they do that and, and what they can expect to see uh, from that free online assessment. Yeah, I think we've had, I mean, uh, well over 20,000 church leaders, pastors take that free assessment through the years. And it's a great tool because it'll give you a snapshot of where your church is in the church life cycle. And um, through that assessment, we'll help you identify one of the seven phases where your church is currently from launch all the way through sustained health, which is where we're hoping many churches will end up for a long, long time. And then on the declining side of the life cycle into maintenance, preservation, and life support. And what's helpful about that tool is um, it will give you some specific next steps that you can take free too. Uh, some specific next steps that you can be taking for each of the seven phases uh, where you may end up as a church. Now, um, we do. We hope that that triggers some conversation uh, with your team, with the leaders at your church, if you take that free assessment. And if you're able to 
kind of take the equipping advice that we give from that. We hope you can run with that. But at any point along the way, if you feel like it would be helpful to have somebody come in and provide some coaching, that's primarily what we do as an organization is get on site, working with pastors, working with church leaders to help their churches move forward so that they can make a greater kingdom impact. That's cool. We'll put the link in the show notes as well. But what's the what's the link for the free online assessment? You got me. It's at theunstuckgroup.com. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, and I, hey, I think I don't care if you're giving away from free. Do it, given 20,000 of these, like, you know, it's a quality free. There's a lot yeah. of free products that don't have 20,000 yeah. people that downloaded it. And, uh, no. And I love I love the heart of, of just trying to help churches, right? This is this is what it's about. And each local church is different, has a unique expression. And when we're all growing and sustained and healthy, God gets more of the glory. And so uh, I just am super grateful. So I ask this question of every guest kind of as the final question. And then uh, Chris is going to, I'm going to turn it over to him. That's always the most nerve wracking part of the show for me. Um, but he's going to give you some sticky situations and have you choose right. like, you know, which, which unstuck, That's you know, right. version you okay. use. But you're going to be perfect for it. Um, but hey, right. before that, if you could challenge our audience, uh, who we do have church pastors and leaders, but we also have the everyday disciple as well. Like if you could challenge them to do one thing practically to grow as a disciple of Jesus this week, what would your challenge be? Um, it would be to be intentional about engaging with someone um, that you know, but you don't really know. And mm. to actually ask ask a question or two to learn a little bit more about them. I think, honestly, um, I've been on mission trips around the world, India, West Africa, um, and going on a global mission trip, it's grueling. And I always learn a lot from that. But the bigger challenge that I have in my personal faith journey, rather than going across the globe to engage with people is to actually go across the street. Mm -hmm. And so if anything will stretch your faith this week, I think uh, asking questions, questions of your neighbors, of your coworkers, and learning a little bit more about them so that you know how to pray for them. And that hopefully over some, at some point in the future, you'll be able to share the good news with them as well. Amen. That's cool. All right. So listeners, if you take that challenge on this week, uh, let us know, hashtag red letter disciple. And uh, we would love for you to do that on social media, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can throw that in the comments below. But I heard you say it several times this episode, Tony. Uh, and so there's probably something to this, the, 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 the asking questions, like be, being uh -huh. listeners uh, is such a, such an important part of being a disciple. And so thanks for sharing that. All right, Chris, well, what you and got? Also as pastors, we're so used to talking, you know, maybe once in a while, be quiet and listen. <laughs> <laughs> what we've learned that today. Is true. That is All true. right, Tony, uh, we have learned a lot about getting unstuck today. <laughs> I have never met a professional on unstucker stucker and stucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you've helped so many get unstuck. And so today, Zach and I thought it would be fun to come to you, the expert of sticky situations. And we want to see today, Tony, what path you would choose in a series of questions. Basically, we are wondering this question, and so is our audience at this point. Tony, you can help so many others become unstuck. But when it comes to you, Tony, <laughs> will you remain stuck? Here we go. Wow. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, I present to you the Would You Rather Unstuck edition. Let's go. Question number one. Here we go. Tony, would you rather be half of your current height or double your current weight? Talk us through this. Would you rather be half of your current height 
or double your current weight? Uh, gosh, I think I'll go with double my current weight for that one. Okay, and we talked this through. Tony, can you give us the thought process of that? Uh, I I would be very short if I did it that. <laughs> that's, well, that's all the thought process I just gave that good. question. Uh, Zach and I completely... <laughs> Zach and I agree yeah, with you agree on with Tony, that. and this is what we came up with. I'm, you know, uh, I'm five nine. What's that put me at? Uh, Two eleven. Yeah, geez. I mean that's tough, and I can't make mm -hmm. myself grow after that. I'm forty nine years old, but if if I, you know, went up to three sixty, there's things I could do to reduce <laughs> that. So that is the correct answer. Way to go! Oh, is it correct? Or is it a wrong or right thing? I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, Tony. Question two: Would you rather have no one come to your wedding? Or no one come to your funeral. Go ahead. Oh, well, again, this is easy. No one come to my wedding. Actually, I would prefer no one come to any party that was thrown <laughs> in my honor because I'm an introvert. But when I'm dead, have fun. <laughs> that is, we talked that through too. And if nobody comes to your funeral, you must have been a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. so, there we go. All right. That is the correct answer. Tony, would you rather know the date of your death or the cause of your death? <laughs> uh, gosh, uh, I would rather know the cause of my death because then I can uh, live every day as if it's my last. That is the correct answer. Absolutely. Who wants to know the date of their death? <laughs> Nobody wants. I don't want to know the date yes. of my death. All right. I, a couple more here. Uh, they're going to get a little bit more ridiculous. Tony, would you rather be trapped for an hour in a room full of mosquitoes or rats? Uh, for an hour? Yeah. If it were only 45 minutes, I'd say the rats, but for an hour, mosquitoes. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, that one I think is either or. They would both yeah. kind of stink on that one. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. I think I have one more here. Uh, that one's kind of – I'm just, I'm just going to say this one. I don't think this one's that good. Would you rather speak all the ang languages on Earth, or would you rather be able to communicate with animals? <laughs> yes, I would rather speak all the languages. Yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's es, 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 especially if the animal is a cat, and then <laughs> yeah, you you, you would not no... want to know what a cat is thinking about. <laughs> no, 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 not all at right. all. This one is uh, probably my final question. I think this one is very compelling. Okay, would you rather go back in time to meet your great 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 grandparents, or go to the future to meet your great 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 grandchildren? Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, certainly. I mean, we could go either way on that. I'd love yeah. to see the legacy that my life brings, but I'm so intrigued by the folks that have come before me, me that too. I would have so many questions uh, yes. for them, especially um, half my family comes from Italy. And so oh. I just love, I actually, I'm looking for an excuse to go to Italy. <laughs> you mentioned it, so there you go. So there you go. You're going to Italy. All right. Final question. This is the one Zach had a hard time with. Uh, let's say, would you rather punch a hornet's nest or would you rather punch a sleeping bear? <laughs> uh, I, I might be able to survive the hornet's nest. Yeah, I don't think I could survive uh, the is, bear. That is there the correct answer. Never punch a sleeping bear, Zach.
the chief on Stucker, I think he was seven for seven yeah, on those. He, he and so like, if Thank anyone's you. like, should I bring Tony in to get us unstuck? Like that proved yeah. it right yeah. there. And he, <laughs> I just yeah. like that. You just had the answer like that. So That's I great. feel like if I'm a church leader and I come to you, you're just going to, you know, you're going to have the answer and it's going to be right. Yeah. And really, did it matter if I answered the opposite way? You would have still made <laughs> me feel like a winner today. I, I just assumed that to be hundred percent. Anyway. Yeah. I, I didn't do that with some other leaders, but I did that with you. <laughs> <laughs> this was really good, man. Thanks for what you do to serve the the church, to serve pastors. Uh, if people want to, yeah, see the unstuck reports, take the free online assessment, connect with you. Uh, where where can they where can they find Jeff? Yeah, it's just go to the unstuckgroup.com and there are links there for everything that you just mentioned. I just don't know what links to click, but they're there at the unstuckgroup.com. Yeah, we're there. And and yeah, if you want more in-depth coaching consulting, these are the guys to do it. So Tony, your blessing. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. See you. Thank you. I am so grateful that Tony came on to the show. I, you know me, if you listen to this podcast, you know I love data and I can't get enough of it because I think it really it really shows us like what we need to be working on. And so Tony, his team at Unstuck Group, they always provide incredible stuff to help each and every person and church go through this pretty crazy world that we live in. And so those quarterly updates, the Unstuck Report, uh, you can actually access that for free. And if you want to access that or get together with Tony and figure out coaching and consulting to help you in this world that we live in, Here's what you do. One website, redletterpodcast.com. That's got show notes for today's episode, all the links that you need to connect with Tony or with us or even with our sponsor, Carrie Newhoff and the Art of Online Influence Mastermind that's happening. Uh, you can register for that. It is free right now. And he's also got a website called influencekickstarter.com that's going to take you right there if you'd rather just go right there. But this is a free online mastermind course that's going to help you Take the content you're creating, which is already great, and get it out there into the world. And so thank you, Carrie, and your team for helping us and for being a part of this show and believing in this show. Next week, I am like beyond pumped for our guest. We got the incredible Nona Jones coming to the show. She is actually releasing a book called Killing Comparison. How many of us could use that in our life? Come on, every single disciple of Jesus. <laughs> We can kill comparison, and so we're going to ask her why that's personal for her, what her new book is about. It's going to be really cool. And then how in the world can we, as disciples, use social media? Can we actually use it to glorify God in any way? Is that possible? Who better to ask than Nona, who is Facebook, Meta's faith-based partnerships leader? Like, no one better, literally, to learn from than Nona about this. And so... Don't miss next week's episode. You won't miss it if you subscribe or follow on your favorite platform. So make sure you do that, and then it'll automatically pop up. And so we'll see you next week with Nona Jones on The Red Letter. A Huda Media Production.